Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Hey, good morning, everybody. You know, one of, the, one of the reasons I love that song is it's the Bible in motion. And when you know the Bible and you take the Bible in, you're able to then filter and say, hmm, does that make sense with the word I read? And I know sometimes there can be some conventional paths that lead us in a place where the Bible has to be laid out in this specific format, in this specific translation, in this specific way. And there's some benefit to that, but there's, there's massive benefit to to letting the, the body of Christ culturally and, and, and globally start to then break it down contextually from the context of what was, was originally wrote in. And I was telling Ron, who's on the drum set back there, I said, I love his verse, and I love all the verses, and I could tell you why, but his verse specifically, to highlight for a second, because it's dense, meaning it's dense filled with the philosophy of city life, the methodology of city life and the theology, we believe, of the Bible. And, and you have us being, we say we're a good news church. Well, what does that mean? We say good news, which really means we're a gospel church. Now, gospel starts to give the old heads, makes it feel like, okay, yeah, yeah, we, we bought that gospel. But when we say good news, be like, wait, are we watering it down? No, gospel means good, <laughs> good news. And so we start to translate it and unpack it. And when we say things like all things new, that's, that's pointing us to the end in Revelation. And so there's a big story going on, and in and, and, and the Love the City One Life at a Time, it's a mission statement, but we make a, 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 a claim at the end that it's really the heartbeat of heaven to love the city one life at a time. So is this something city life carries? We think it's something God carries. And we could sit down, we could talk about that, we could unpack that, and, and it's just language for today. We like to think we're in a, a story that's twofold. It's ancient, but it's futuristic. So it's ancient and it's orthodox, but it's futuristic in our delivery and our development. And we all want to be a part of something that's, that's, that's developing in a way that's going to last and sustain. So how do we hold that? How do we live that? And, and today we're going to uh, talk about how I believe we can, but hopefully in a way that will invite us into want to know God's word, not just to get it here, but here and not be forced like it's chores, but to get the why, that God loves us so much that he's revealed who he is, and he wants to grow us in a way in such a time as this. So here we are in our halfway point for the year, and if you're just jumping in, it's completely fine, but here's the prophetic stream we're in, we believe, that God has called us to focus on health going into 2020. Slow down to go fast, go backwards to go forward. Let the Lord do his best work in us, so he's been getting the soil ready, like, you know, rototilling us. He's like, wow, that hurts, you know? Man, he disciplines the ones he loves. Hebrews 12, he's, he's doing this. But then about halfway through, okay, here we are. The Lord's planted seed. He's been watering. What, what do we have to wait for him to do? Make it grow. Sometimes the best thing we can do to make it grow is rest. Stay a little while. Relax. It's summer, y'all. It's July. Let's not take on that fall pace yet. Let's go back and look at what he wants us to do. Some of the last words Jesus left us with is in Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That means of all people groups. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, that's what Carla was speaking about, that he's the everlasting rock. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. To highlight in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, pause. When we hear teaching, what do we think? We go back to class, maybe. We might think of a teacher that we didn't like the best. Or do we think of somebody that we did like, that we wanted to listen to? So as we think of the classroom of Jesus, the followers of Jesus are getting real close. They want to hear. And in fact, even those that aren't going to follow him, they're getting so close because they're fascinated by what he's doing, what he's offering. And there's times when Jesus would perform miracles, and then in John 6, he gave a hard statement. If you want to follow me, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. He wasn't advocating cannibalism. He was saying, man, if you want to take on all of me, there's going to be a death, but there's going to be a forever life. And when you do that, man, it's going to be so good, but it's difficult. And it says in John 6, 66, many disciples left him that day. It's one of the verses and passages that has haunted me to think that people could be so close to Jesus and be like, yeah, it's not worth it. Man, that's too difficult. I'm, I'm done. It's been too heavy, Lord. This is too heavy. I don't want to be a disciple anymore. So I pray today that it's light, not heavy, that we would want him to teach us and we'd want to observe, to behold. But as a disciple, not one that's forced to sit in a class, but rather that God is with us wherever we're at, day to day. That there's not just something special on a Sunday. God wants to be uh, as involved in the simplest acts in whatever we're doing throughout the day. That's what God's about. The very simplest acts. So if you're a mom and you stay at home and you're getting the kids ready and you just got threw up on and whatever you name it, diarrhea, who knows what the kids are doing, God is with you in that moment. And for the worker that's been working so hard and trying to get everything ready, get the place cleaned up and got to get home and got to not take that energy as soon as he gets home to his kids and and to to be able to do that in that transition or you're thinking about college and the schoolwork, slow down. God wants to teach us to observe all that he's commanded us to do as disciples. So understanding the meaning and truly, I believe, the heartbeat of how God operates, if we see him as a father that's very hard, we're not going to want him to teach us. In fact, the only time we'll want to be taught is when we feel like we need to earn something. What if we just wanted to be taught even when we felt like we weren't good enough? And all the parents know in the room that our kids many times will try to clean themselves up before they tell us what happened. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't say that. I, no, I just watched you do that. You're lying. Well, they did this. Let's let the Father teach us when we're at our weakest moments. So that's the picture I want to paint as we're going into this. Colossians chapter 2 has been pivotal in our life for thinking of roots, thinking of growing, thinking of who we are on the inside is more important than what we are on the outside. I thought maybe this, this message should be good if I was in shorts today in a tank top with no shoes on. People would be like, what's going on? I don't know. I just didn't feel like getting ready for church today. Be like, Wait, what? You know, and it, it would communicate something, but I decided that this is what I'm wearing for church today. I use that 
little example to say God is not interested in what we're wearing or what we look like on the outside. He's caring about the health that's on the inside. Look at this. Yeah, come on. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so I'm believing today that um, we've received Jesus, and if you haven't received Jesus, man, he is so beautiful, we should be asking, what must I do to follow this king? He's that cool. Oh, his words aren't hard. They're life-giving. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving, that I'm being taught and I'm thankful for that. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. We have a contrast. The teachings of this world are direct enemy to the teachings of Christ. And in order to be rooted and built up and have this life-giving walk in Jesus, one that's thankful, we have to know Christ. Too often we spend our time knowing the enemy. We could tell you what the enemy's up to. www.foxnews.com, www.cnn.com, www.lsj.com, WNLNS6.com, and we could talk a lot about what's happening in such a, such a profound way. We could. But to talk about the beauty of Christ and the forgiveness in any situation and the perspective that he brings and how he sees broken situations that his love runs to, not from, that this is the message, that God sees his creation as good and fallen. Yes, judgment is inevitable, but that he wants to restore and bring people back home. And that comes through repentance. But repentance isn't some forced thing. It's a, it's a love story that we're turning from and running to our Savior. Not running from hell. Maybe some of us have accepted Jesus because we were just afraid of the alternative. That's a sham. Because the beauty of who he is is way better than the alternative. We can talk about how good he is. If this place was dark, we would turn on a light, right? Light would win. I love to make the master the main part of our story. And as we do that, I believe it's inevitable that holiness follows. I think it's inevitable that his word wants to be observed and taught and devoured. And for this book right here put together, it's important to know that when we think of our personal Jesus time or if you got a Bible uh, verse of the day or something like that, that People died to make this possible for us to read. They used to have to pull out scrolls to read them in public. And today, if someone's carrying this in certain countries, this could be a death sentence. And we're just like, eh, take it for granted. Did you read your Bible? No. And, and, and so today, I think the best thing that July could bring to grow is God's word that's living, that's alive, but his spirit that's active. And I want to show how both, because sometimes we think it's either or. Are you a spirit-led person or a word-led person? You know, like, do you love the word or do you love the spirit? And it's just like, whoa, wait, what are you talking about? Well, this person's really gifting the spirit. This person really breaks down the word. Why can't we do both? Why can't we encourage both? What would it look like to start to believe in both? I was having gelato at 
what was the place? Iorios. Iorios used to be off Trowbridge. Then now they're relocated in Horrocks, I hear, and they're doing phenomenal there. But I loved meeting at Trowbridge because it's an easy point for everyone to get to. And we could say, hey, let's meet at Iorios. And I was having a meeting there, and we're talking about what gelato to eat. And gelato is amazing. Gelato and custard. You know, I love QD ice cream, but I just feel like it's up another tier. And, but, but I hold it down for QD. Our kids won the Cedar Point tickets this past week, and uh, they were the photo. And, it, yeah, so shout out to Ashley and the crew and the kids winning that and stuffing their face for quality dairy. Because shout out to Lansing. But Iorio's also, man, gelato, amazing. And as we were talking about with a friend of mine, what flavor to have, the person was describing the flavors and the taste and I was with someone that was talking about reading the Bible, and they said, do I even, I'm just sick of reading the Bible because I feel like it's always so heavy, and, and is it possible that I don't even have to read the Bible? And I said, yeah. And they were like, wait, what? You're a pastor. You should tell me to read the Bible. You asked if, if you thought it was possible. I think God's active, but I think that his foundation is found on how he's revealed himself, and I want to zoom back out. I think you're feeling forced to read the Bible, and, and we're talking more about the ingredients than how it tastes. And I started talking about the gelato. I said, wasn't she saying the caramel tasted like this? She didn't once tell us about the ingredients. So sometimes when even we're given addresses, well, this is in this verse and this, who are we referencing that for? People or ourselves? And I've had to think about that, even as a preacher, sometimes to think of in the crowd, there's someone who's going to examine and make sure you know the Bible. We were at the hospital this week. Our son broke our arm, and I was giving one of the nurses just kind of, just I needed a little rundown of what was happening. And so my patience meter went a, bit, a little bit lower. I'd been up all night, and I said something to the effect that, you know, every profession, and they, phenomenal job. Shout out to Sparrow. Phenomenal job. But I said, every profession, they kind of tell you what's next. And uh, I said, in my line of work, I got to really do that really well. And uh, so if you could just tell me what's next, that would be awesome. She goes, well, what's your line of work? I said, pastor. She goes, a youth pastor? I was like, no, a senior pastor. Because I was wearing a hoodie. And you know as weird as this sounds? Because when I got the call that our arm, a kid broke his arm, as weird as this sounds, my first thought was go get in a button-up shirt because they'll treat me differently. Because appearance does matter to people. And because I had the hoodie on, I had the Reebok pumps on. It's like, oh, what's up? Like, like okay, you wear, you wear a shirt or a suit. It's just going to get treated. And that's not judging, saying anything. It's just, a, it's just how it works. And uh, so, no, I'm not a youth pastor. <laughs> but youth pastors are amazing. And I believe you and me have the ability to rightly divide the word just as if we were a senior pastor. Because Jesus wants to teach us. So I want to look at Matthew 13. Are you guys still with me? Today's uh, 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 hopefully to whet our appetite to want to read the Bible. I want to read a parable of the sower, but this is more the parable of the soil. The sower's consistent, the seed's consistent, but the soils are different. Verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. He's got a lot of followers, and he has to even get to the sea just to be able to talk to all of them. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat, and he sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, parables meaning a practical story that normally includes a simile that illustrates one point. A simile being describing something as like or as. 
Going back to English for a second, but this story to illustrate, illustrate one point to this particular audience in that period of time. So we're going back there 2,000 years for a second. And the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now this is Quite weird because Jesus drops the mic and he doesn't give the point. He's like, hey, everyone, you'll get it if you're in the fold. And this is difficult text. It causes us to think, well, who's in the fold or who's not in the fold and how do you get in and who gets and what is all that? And it's, it's, it's something to process. And then goes on to describe the purpose of the stories, the parables. Then G- the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been given. See, because everyone's expecting the king to show up and bring the kingdom, but they thought, as we often think, if Jesus shows up, he's going to solve all my problems. He's not always going to solve all of our problems, but he's going to be with us through the storms to help us grow. For to one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in this case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears, they can barely hear, and their eyes have been closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and to turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. This is hard and heavy but light. The people's hearts were already hardened because they weren't expecting, they weren't believing in the God of the old covenant, and so their hearts were already hardened. And, and Jesus is, in that moment, allowing them to, to feel and experience already what, what, they've, what they've set in stone, so to speak. But those that have been softened and, and starting to hear the word of God, thinking of a miracle, what makes us any better if we believe God's word than someone who doesn't? Nothing. That's why we can't come in on our high horse like, look at us, the Christians, look at us, the Christians. Like even serve day, it's like, we're not special. People are special, made in God's image, and we carry a special message for everyone. It's really neat, huh? You guys still with me? Come on, come on. Can I keep going? Like, Let's be preaching. Let's keep preaching. Come on, spread it. Say it again for the one in the back. Verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path, and for the one who is sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when the tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. 
As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And here's where we all want to be. Okay, lean in, lean in. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. What would we yield? More disciples. Sometimes this verse gets out of context, like I pray God will bless you a hundredfold, and he might. What would be neater is a hundred disciples. Whoa, wait, what? We got to know the word. We got to read the word. Luke eleven twenty eight. but he said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And so today, where we're just going to go in just a few moments is I want to give us kind of seven things that can guide us. But I want to end in worship and simply letting the Holy Spirit speak to us. That it's both. So today I want to grow, but I, 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 I would title this, I love my Bible. I love my Bible. Sometimes I just read a verse. Sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's chapters. But when I'm doing it to try to just get a task done, it never works me over like it's supposed to. But when it starts to work me over, great things happen. As the word of God in Hebrew says, it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit and joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So it's cutting us all the way down to the inside. I'm just doing this. The, the twins right now have been doing ninja like crazy. Neil with his broken arm, even they were doing ninja moves yesterday and we're like, no, no, honey, like, please stop, please stop. And, and we have the word of God and we're like ninjas cutting down to the hearts of others? No, in our intentions first. The hearts of us. Ephesians 6, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Has God really revealed himself? 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Here, here would be my biggest prayer for these next four weeks. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a word of men, but what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. I think that's what's so beautiful about coming to church. It's worshiping with God's people and listening to the word that we all sit under. Yeah, there's one person up here talking, but the Holy Spirit's talking to all of us, including this one person right now. Something powerful about just sitting under the word of God. Not believing that it comes from me, but believing that it comes from God. And then going and taking it home and being like, I'm going to take that one thing today. God really spoke to me on that. It's challenging. And leaving with a little bit more pep in our step because God doesn't condemn us and he, he wants to free us. And so today, to understand growing, and I love the Bible, is number one, the Bible is revealing who God really is. Simply, if we had to boil it down, what is the Bible? It's revealing to us who God is. Maybe you've heard the term theology. Theology means the study of God. Crystal and I, when we go on dates, it's amazing getting to know each other. How boring would it be to go to the same place every time? I heard Josh share this once during worship. Is if you were dating the same place every single week, wouldn't you just kind of get bored? 
and you just talk about the same. Remember when you start dating, you want to know everyone's color, you want to know their color, like, oh, it's so cute, and then, and then it kind of wears away, and we don't pursue the person the same way. To re-up today with God, to pursue him and let him pursue us, theology, the study of God. And to emphasize with someone who's a skeptic, I hope that that happens today. And to remember that the parable of the sower, it shows us that there's a hard heart, there's a superficial heart, there's a divided heart, but then there's a fruitful heart when our soil, the, the sower being the son of man, the seed being the message of the gospel, but the soil being the hearts of all of us. So to love our Bible, number two, is the Bible is all about Jesus. This one is big. This is profound. This is profound. That means when we're preaching on Sunday, it's not about David destroying Goliath. David shows us of what the power of Christ in him can look like to defeat the enemy. And it's the power of Christ that was in David in that particular moment, in the faith David had in God that slayed Goliath because David's not a hero. In fact, what's interesting about the story of the Bible is you'll always see our weaknesses played out. It's one of the greatest defenses of Christianity because people are not the hero of the story. In fact, the authors choose to write their weaknesses. Normally you don't, write about your weaknesses, you would hide your weaknesses, but yet it's to point to the goodness of God. In Luke 24, we get to see this really cool experience. Jesus rose from the dead, and now he's hanging out with two people on a road, and he said, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. And all of the Bible's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Number three, that context is king when reading the Bible. What did this mean to the original audience? What is this saying about God first? What's this saying about Jesus? And then what would this mean to the original audience? This takes a little homework. This, takes, this is difficult, but hopefully we're going to lead to where it feels fun. And no matter where you're starting, you're not overwhelmed, okay? So we're not going to solve this overnight. This is a process, that there's 66 books, the Catholic Church has 69. Why or not? Those are conversations we can continue to have. What translations should we read? I was, um, in, I was in a kind of like a, like a Bible buff season, and the ESV was my translation. I mean, it's what I'm reading out of, you know, and most of the scriptures that we're going to have on stage today is, and it was because ESV is accurate, but yet the Lord would keep reminding me, well, didn't I save you? Very spiritual. Didn't you have crazy things happen? You quit trying to put me in a box. And so one time I go to this guy um, at this church. He wrote this book. He wrote the NIV Study Bible. Okay, pause for a minute. I got to ask a question to a theologian who wrote the NIV Study Bible. So the whole study guide, he wrote it. And I was thinking, why do you choose the NIV why did he choose it? If he's a real scholar, he would have chose the ESV. What's wrong with this guy? And so I go, and the whole room's ready. They're celebrating his book, and I'm in the back, and it's like I'm a, you know, I'm just, I'm there. I'm, I look like a battle rapper ready for, you know, and everyone's like celebrating. I'm like, sheep. And uh, it's like shepherds here, you know, kind of vibe. And so I, they go, anybody got any questions? And I raise my hand. I said, I got a question. A lot of scholars believe that the ESV is one of the most accurate translations. Why did you choose the NIV and not the ESV to write your study guide out of? And it was so cool how he handled it. He punked me out. 
And he, and he just, he didn't even look at me. He was just like, I encourage many people to read many translations. We're in an ancient conversation that's been going on a really long time. We have Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greeks. We have multiple translations. And in some of the earliest words, there's so many different words that would describe this one word that we don't have the exact language for it. And as things are evolving, we're learning more pieces of artifacts and we're getting to see the word more clearly. And we gotta continue to come to the table with multiple references, multiple points, and multiple perspectives so we can get closer to the truth. And he just kept walking. He didn't look like that, but I loved it. I loved it. I was like, wow. I was starting to become the very thing that I said I wouldn't. You ever met any King James only people? And there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm like, quit hating. You might be a King James only in another way, okay? But there's nothing wrong with King James. But there's probably something wrong when we think it's the only. There's probably something wrong when we, used to, when we hear the message translation and our ears start to... One of the most profound scholars was used to write the message translation. But I had had people tell me it was just not accurate. And I started to read it, and it came alive. So context is king. And what translation do we read? Many. <laughs> Many. Number four, it's alive and it's active still today. So how we see scripture here is that... Uh, Pastor Scott at Element Church, I loved how he put it, where there's, there's banks and there's a river. The word of God is like the banks. It, it keeps the river go- going, but the Holy Spirit makes sure it's rushing and alive and true. And So we need God's active, ever-present voice today. Holy Spirit, speak a word to somebody today. Whatever that word, man, a word might have come in your mind, you're like, I don't even know what that means. Ask him. It's really cool. The word I heard when I said that, I heard fruit. And I'm thinking about fruit, right? I want to be fruitful, but I also want to have a piece of fruit today. And I think God put that in my spirit. Nothing wrong with that. That song you were singing, Carla, So Will I, Romans 1, it says, look at all of creation, and that just by looking at all of creation, God has existed. So reading Romans 1 now makes that song more uh, electrifying. But if we're just reading that song or listening to that song and we don't think that it has exact scripture in it and we're coming in with that ESV question guy, we're going to be a little disappointed. We might miss out on the experience side of God as well. So is God a teacher? Yes. Is he experiential? Yes. Does he want to get in our workshop? Absolutely. Let's quit putting God in a box. Is that okay? Number five, God opens our eyes to understand the scriptures with Jesus as the way to the journey. He opens up our eyes. Luke 24, then he said to him, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, he's expounding on those two people. He, he, now he's connecting with his disciples, same chapter that he met the two on the road. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Today, this is our prayer. Maybe today we've given up on reading scripture because it's felt forced. But today we pray a simple prayer. God, will you open up my mind to understand the scriptures? And he said to him, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So in this book is historical books is stories, is captivating almost illustrative movies and art, is songs, is wisdom 
Proverbs is accounts given through people's perspective. Oh, it's so rich. And most of the time when we come to the scriptures, we're left with faith that we have to exercise, but also questions because the Lord still wants to lead us. If we got all the answers, whoever has all the answers, man, I'm already done. Like anyone who has all the answers, I'm just, I kind of check out. It's like, come on, man. It's an adventure. And that's not liberal theology. I think that's an ancient, futuristic story that we're a part of. And so number six, as we're getting ready to close, and we have 15 minutes, we're going to worship. So don't think we're done. Just take a deep breath. You go, oxygen helps ignite the body. I used to think meditation and, you know, some of maybe the exercises that are out many years ago that, you know, they're not of God because I listened to some, you know, unique teachings. Now the more I'm starting to think is, man, God uses the coolest of, coolest of things. So I want to see it for what it's worth because it's good. And when I have the spirit of Christ, we can rule because the enemy is under our feet. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I went to a counselor, proactive. Other seasons should have been reactive. But I went to a counselor just to say, he was like, hey, what are you here for? I was like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm a pastor. I, you probably should, I don't know. Somebody should look at you sometimes, right, too? He's like, oh, it's good. He went to Harvard, and he's telling me that. And he goes, this thing I learned at Harvard, I'm like, when you throw that out, it's like, okay, I'm hooked, man. All right, you already got me. He goes, when you're going to bed, just breathe in through your nose. And out your mouth, it's been proven, um, there's a scientific study that you breathe in God's and exhale peace, that your whole body will fall in line. Peace. That might be the, the only thing you came to church for today. Number six, the word of God examines us, it changes me, leading to action. It works me over. It shows me who God is. I get to see how it's hitting the original audience. And then eventually, it's working me over. It's examining me. And I want to play this song that I got into my car today. And I wanted to do my religious routine. It, it's totally relationship routine. But it was starting to feel religious because I came in with a game plan. I was going to get in the car. And I was going to play Hillsong United. I went to their concert recently. I like their album now. And I'm in it. And I was going to do that. Well, I got in the car. I hit, you know, put it on, connected it to Apple AirPlay, and a song was on Bluetooth by Chanel and Rob G. And it was Need Change. And it's all about the Word of God, how I need the Word of God to change me. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is what I'm preaching on today. And out of thousands of songs, I haven't heard this song in several years, and it's a song that when I get into the car, I thought, hmm, I thought Hillsong United, and God said Need Change. So I pray this song ministers to our soul like it did me. And yeah, just sit back and maybe relax and then uh, we'll worship together. No one ever said that I was perfect Honestly I do, I deserve grace 
sufficient now I worship You renew me day by day He's helping my life before you waste It hurts so good when you rearrange I'm in your word and I am The journey of following the crisis A process Surely it don't happen overnight Not this nonsense Truly I desire and delight Was righteous You God Even when it seems hard Help me stick it out when it gets deep You the lifeguard God of the rescue Full of mercy and grace Truth Falling short of the glory of God Lord I need you uh. This walk is a daily process No one ever said that I was perfect Honestly I do not deserve Grace sufficient Now I worship Turn the other cheek, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Hush, spirit, quiet, meek. See, I struggle, got a strong personality. Uh, full of the spirit, wondering how my flesh get weak. I get defensive and highly opinionated. Moms tell me all the time it's not what I say, how I say it. So much I need to change when I examine your ways. All my days aim to please and your grace don't wanna frustrate. Walk is a daily process. No one ever said that I was perfect. Honestly, I do not deserve grace sufficient. Now I you renew me day by day He's coming my life before you waste It hurts so good when you rearrange Honor your word and I am changed May the words in my mouth and meditation in my heart be Pleasing in your sight, righteous, righteous like thee All the good is from you, none of me You bring desires, Philippians 2 and 13 You produce from the spirit the fruit A branch and a true vine, me abiding in you You prune and you groom Teaching me your school, you the change I need to be. I'm planning, watch me. Walk is a daily process. No one ever said that I was perfect. Honestly, I do not deserve grace sufficient. Now I worship you renew me day by day. It's coming my life before you waste. It hurts so good when you rearrange. I love your word and I am changed. turn it off it's me can you hear me out there okay cool um the last point as we worship is it's a personal journey but never alone that scriptures the early church had to have it memorized because they didn't have access to this so they would read it together that we're yes we have a personal jesus time but but more importantly we're supposed to have a family jesus time that's why Sunday can be so powerful. We're reading the scriptures together. We're starting to think about, examine it, and hmm, let me chew on that later and process that. And we learn that if we store God's word in our heart, that the aim for that would be that I might not sin against you. And there's this weight of humanity that sin has entered in through disobedience, and God sent a rescue mission, Jesus, and all of the text is revealing that great story that the great hero stepped on the scene, that anyone who confesses their sin, anyone who comes to Jesus, 
He will grab them and make them brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. There's a few things that scripture will always lead us to do. Scripture will always lead us to God, community that's in Jesus, people far from Jesus, building a community, shalom, and then lastly, building a global community. Scripture will always lead us to God. It will always lead us to community in Jesus. It will always lead us to people far from Jesus. It will always lead us to building something, shalom, the development of people where we're at locally, but it will also lead us to doing that same shalom, that peace to people across the globe. And here would be the picture today as we close. It's gelato. It's walking into Ioreos. I could show you the ingredients or how much sugar, or we could just start to get taste samples. And I want to end with the So Will I, that song just So Will I, and um, I love it. It tells a story. Like, so will I. I will, like, so will I. I will worship. And you will not leave the one away. You will not, you will be with me through that. And to start to think of, to have new hunger today. If you'd say, man, I want new hunger for the word of God. Will you raise your hand? That's you. You're like, I want new hunger. God, you see these hands raised. My hands raised. I want new hunger. It might start as simple as just a Bible verse today. And you, here's the cool thing. You get to read it in whatever translation you want. It's all good. No one's judging. There's freedom in that. It's beautiful. Sometimes you'll be like me and you'll get it twisted. You'll be an angry little guy asking a question to some super smart guy. It crushes you. It's okay. Let's not assume somebody else has it wrong. They actually might have it right. Jesus, you see us. You know us today. You know us by name. God, will you meet us where we're at? Give us a hunger for the gelato of heaven. A hunger for the gelato of heaven. And for somebody who's dairy-free, for the coconut milk ice cream from heaven. Let's stand and worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.